The least selling book I have is probably one of my favorite, and it's autobiographical in a measure. It's The Wilderness, Where Miracles Are Born. I told our publisher, please do not call it The Wilderness. No one will buy a book called The Wilderness. Call it Where Miracles Are Born. Small print in your wilderness. Because 90 plus percent of the miracles in the Bible were not in a synagogue or church service. They were in a wilderness. So I started the book. And here's literally how I started the book. Kill Brian. Kill Brian. The first words we heard as we stepped off the airplane and entering our missionary career with the Payakuna people. Kill Brian. People are going to want to know. How did you survive that? Was it like poison darts? Was it machete? How did you get out of that missionary stew thing? How did you survive? So I'm just illustrating. I'm trying to say, and if you want to send that to me and let me help you with that, if you want me to help you with that first page, the startup of your book, I'd be glad to do that as a writer, as an author, not as an editor, not as a publisher. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm not trying to distort your message. But there's a way you can introduce yourself and a way you don't want to introduce yourself. And often, the first couple of chapters, it, it can become a little bit murky in a book. But if you make it clear, the moment they pick up the book and they read it, the first few paragraphs, they know where you're headed with that book. Or it'll be so mysterious, they'll want to keep reading. A little bit of both. So... I told you, I promised you that I would give you the one thing. I'm telling you, guys, million and a half copies, 25 years, six hours a day. The one thing every author, writer needs the most. Are you ready? Inspiration. You need inspiration. You need a message. You need inspiration from God. And I've been on a quest for my life in Christ, 51 years, almost 52 now. I've walked with Jesus without an intermission. And I've asked the Lord for one thing. I've prayed this for 51 years. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge, epinosis, the full knowledge of Christ. That has been my prayer nearly every day. I may forget some days, but... That's the passion, that he would give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. So inspiration is a synonym for creativity. See, I'm helping you write your paragraph on creativity. But inspiration is where creativity comes from. And you're too far along in your journey to, to say that you're not a creative person because you are. But we understand if you're unable to. So being a creative means you are inspired. Now, in the Greek text, the word inspired, the scripture is inspired. It means God breathed the breath of God upon your writing. Can you imagine what the breath of God upon your book would look like? You won't have to worry about selling that book if the breath of God is on that book. So... 
part of your homework. I'm going to stagger this out a little at a time rather than load it all at you at once. Part of your homework is I want you to ask the Lord for 21 days, the next 21 days of your life. You don't need to spend three hours doing this. Just ask the Lord every single day to free your imagination and unlock your creativity until he flows like a bubbling brook through you. You want to write that down and just make that your prayer. And you can put it in your, you know, these are my words, put it in something that makes sense to your heart, but to free your imagination. We break the curse, the lie that imagination is of the devil. No, imagination is where invention, entrepreneurship, where insight, revelation, creativity comes from. If the imagination of men's heart is evil continually, Genesis 6, imagine, yeah, imagine if your imagination is only pure and godly continually. You will be a flowing stream. You'll become a seer. You'll get into the realm of spirit and insight and revelation that will help your writing gift. So I'll read it again. 21 days, you're going to ask the Lord to free your imagination, unlock your creativity until he flows like a bubbling brook through you. David says, my tongue is a pen of a ready writer. Reminds me of the Beatles song, Paperback Writer, but that's okay. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Wow, what a concept that our words are bubbling up. They bubble up. The words of Christ are full of grace and truth. And so our words, our written and spoken words, they have potency. They have power to impact. So here's the third piece of your homework. And I'm going to teach more than just give you homework, I promise. I want you to give me in your author's folder, the three books outside of the Bible, not the Bible, three books that have changed your life. And if you want to make it three authors, I, I would one of the first ones that comes to my mind is Watchmanique, that his writings have changed my outlook of scripture and the contemplative part of me entirely. Even if it's two, let's just say two, okay? Right. Give me the two authors or books that you read that changed your life. And then I want you to tell me why. Is that okay? We're going to ask 21 days that God would free our imagination, unlock our creativity, and flow like a bubbling brook through us, through our gifts. Looping back around to my statement, my thesis, is the one thing you need the most, not time, not coaching, not money, not marketing, not, the one thing that will distinguish you as an author more than anything else is inspiration. If you have inspiration from God, and you do, I'm not, I don't mean if, you have inspiration from God. And the rest is just stuff. The rest is articulating. It's putting it into print. It's getting it out of you from inside your spirit to a presentable form for others to, to eat and feed upon. So creativity. Did you know that there is a Hebrew word for creativity? This is the Hebrew word for creativity. Etzef. And it's found in Genesis. Not in the creation account, 
The word creativity or etsev is found. Are you sitting down? It is, it's called a homophone. You could research this out if you're linguistically inclined. And it is a homophone for the word pain. Creativity and pain is the same word. The first time creativity is mentioned is in childbirth. God in Genesis 3 promised the woman that I'm going to increase your pain. I'm going to increase your creativity. Isn't it fascinating the linkage that God places on what you have gone through and creativity, his creativity pouring through you? Minutes, let's unwrap this. The most creative people have been the most wounded people on earth. I believe it was not Amy Carmichael, but it was, oh, it'll come to me. One of the mystical saints, her writing, her writing is, has stirred people, not Teresa Avila, it's another one, but she went blind. She went blind trying to tell people how much Jesus loves her. And out of losing her sight, she wrote some of the most powerful writings. Now, I want you to see this. I want you to understand how when a woman gives birth, isn't it interesting that people talk about their book as a baby? It's like having a baby. Labor, birth, pain. <laughs> oh, you're in trouble when this whole thing of childbirth begins with something called labor. And so your authorship, your writing gift, your book, your project is going to have an expression of your individual trauma. Don't run from it. Lean into it. As an author, what was the most traumatic experience you've ever gone through? Go back with Jesus, let him heal it, and tell everybody what you found, what you learned. The people who have been wounded the most are used the most. The one God raises up to the highest are those that have been, like Joseph, down to the lowest. So lean into your pain as a writer. I mean, folks, this is graduate level. <laughs> this, will, that will, this will be a key to your inspiration. Because you need inspiration. You need creativity. And you go, oh, where does it come from? It's a deep well inside of you already. You just have to go and scoop it out. There's a story in the Bible of a man who had to fight a demonic power and ended up tasting the sweetest victory you could ever imagine. His name was Samson. He fought a lion. This lion was a sphinx. It was a spirit. It was the Philistine god, a principality that came after a deliverer. They always do when you cross territories. And as this deliverer stepped into the territory of that principality, he was confronted by this lion. And the spirit of God, inspiration, came upon Samson, and he tore the lion in half. I don't know if you've done that lately, if that's on your resume, but wow, he tore a lion. This is not little kitty stuff. This is not the little tiny lions. No, this was the African lions that once roamed in that part of the world. They're all now down south in Africa, but they were there at the time of the Bible. This is a massive lion. 
And then Samson went on, had his date, philistineharmony.com. And he had his, his date with the girl and then came back, told his parents, we're going to get married. You got to help me arrange the wedding. So they come back on the same road that he, that he was confronted by the lion. He told mom and dad, you go on up ahead. I want to see the carcass of this lion. Somebody tell me what Samson found swarming in that carcass of a lion. It was bees and honey. If you'll go back to what once came against you and get the revelation God has waited for you to see, it will be the sweetest honey. It will be the sweetest honey. I could tell you my personal stuff, but that's not really what I'm here to help you with today. But I want you to think about it. Why don't you, this is not part of your homework, but don't turn this in, all right? But write down somewhere, think about this after, maybe during the break or after I'm done speaking to you today, think about the one thing that traumatized you, the most pain, the most painful situation. Is there a hot button that seems to keep getting pushed? Is it rejection? Is it relational tension? Is it broken promises of someone that walked away when they should have stayed with you? Whatever that is, take Jesus with you now. Like Peter, Jesus reenacted his trauma by a fire on the shore of Galilee. Peter denied Jesus three times. How is this Pope, how is this guy going to be the head of the church? How's he really going to run things if he's broken, wounded, traumatized, insecure for the rest of his life over his failure. Jesus, what did he do? He built a charcoal fire, the same fire, same charcoal fire that he stood by a few days earlier and denied Jesus three times. Jesus reenacted the trauma and said three times, I'm going to let you break the self-curse off your life. Do you love me? And Peter did not deny Jesus three times. He loved him three times. And very clear in the Aramaic, not so clear in the Greek. They get all bent over phileo and agapao and stuff. But in the Aramaic, the language Jesus and Peter were speaking in, it was very clear. And Peter said, I love you. So thank God, you know, that we have the books of First and Second Peter in our Bible because of pain, creativity, inspiration.